Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Thanks for being with us, Whitey Gleese and Evan Giddings. Getting ready for Game 7 tonight. Finally, we're going to know who the Warriors are going to play. Can you believe the Warriors are back in the NBA Finals after everything they've been through the last two years? Evan, I was uh, I couldn't help but reflect back on that 2019 season. That was the first year I was with John Dickinson doing Warriors pre and post, and it was you know, a 15 win season. Um, and then at the end of the game Thursday, Marquise Chris was actually on the floor for Dallas at the end of that game. It's like, yeah, he was a 2019 Warriors, and you know, Pool at the time, Pool was like, this guy, he can't make a shot. And Looney in 2019 was. Boy, I don't know. He's it's really injured. I don't, and Pascal was like, oh, well, that, he's the bright spot of the future. It's amazing how far they've come in such a short time. They made that Wiggins deal that year, and here we are, Warriors back in the funnels, and Wiggins and Poole, huge parts of that puzzle. I'm glad you're bringing up these names, and by no means am I trying to besmirch any of them, but I was talking with, with Guru here on Friday, and he asked me, he's like, E, did, did you think Pascal was going to be a player? I said, yeah. Yes, I did. I absolutely did. I, mm-hmm. I thought him. Uh, I I was a big Kai Bowman fan Kai there Bowman, for a little yes. bit. Like, yeah, pride of Boston College. I was a big Bowman fan, and to see, I may or may not have said that Kai Bowman was a right-handed Derek Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> now that one, I don't know if you could walk that one back. But the, I mean, I, I thought Pascal was, you know, going to be a nice little player for him, and you know, it's clear now that. I was dead wrong. We were dead wrong. And to think about how far they've come. Dragon Bender, baby. Dragon Bender. And, of course, well, the fan favorite. I've heard Smiley Geach being thrown around from about every which way. But that's the thing. Like, they went from the top of the league to the laughing stock back to the top of the mountain. I don't know if there's been a case where that has happened. Because usually within a dynasty, you have a down year or two. But usually, if you're winning 60 games, it's a 45-win season. It's a 40-win, you know. I'm thinking of, most recently, like the the Celtics, you know, in 2009, after going to the finals, they kind of had their season derailed a bit because KG got hurt and then ended up losing to the Magic in the playoffs. Like, that team was still really, really good without them because they had Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and some pieces. But the Warriors got stripped of everything in seemingly quick fashion. And to be able to bounce back the way they have, like that's also, I think, part of the reasons why they didn't know if they could get back here. Why Draymond was saying that is because it's one thing to know that you haven't been knocked off the mountaintop, but it's an it's a it's another to go out and prove it. Like we did not know that this team could get back to the finals. We had hoped 
we, I mean, we, we had tried to figure out reasons why they could and they couldn't. But until they've actually done it, man, it's like it, it is a wild, it has been a wild three years. 888-957-9570. Let's go to Pacifica where Freshman joins us. Freshman, uh, I was in Pacifica earlier this morning. Very sunny. Uh, is it sunny where you are in Pacifica right now, sir? Uh-huh. Freshman going once, going twice. That's appropriate. Oh, Freshman sorry. got left on the bench. Yeah, caught in the fog, I guess. So maybe it is a little foggy in Pacifica. Smiley Geach, fun, one of the funniest things about 2019. Smiley Geach would come in, and I think he had one game where he scored 10. You know, and, and bless him, and I hope he has a nice career, but people would talk to Kerr after the games about Smiley Geach, and Kerr was like, oh, really? He has his own fan club? It was Funny, the way Steve Kerr's reaction was kind of surprising, but I was like, no, let's not get carried away with Smiley Geach. And then to your point about teams that have retooled and got back on top, Evan, the only team I can think of that is, is that did something close to this, and it's not a perfect comparison, but I go back to the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. They went three straight, and then things fall apart. You know, they trade Shaq and they got to retool. They get back and win a couple more with Kobe, but then Pau Gasol and that bunch. And that that's the only team that it, that, that comes to mind as far as a, a team that's done kind of what the Warriors are doing. And that's what makes it so impressive and, and makes this season very special, at least to me, is because they didn't give up on the core. They, they didn't try and trade a Draymond for a, a Ben Simmons, like a lot of people had kind of called for in the offseason. They didn't move off of Clay, even though he was sitting there in his, you know, his rehab facility making $40 million a year. Uh, they they didn't, I mean, obviously you're never going to trade Steph, but like there were a lot of rumors around, okay, do you need to bake, break up the big three? And they they showed us that that was never in question. Like mm-hmm. that was never going to happen. And I, I have so much more respect for the front office along with the ownership to say, okay, guys, like I, I know things aren't good right now. You know, we got this new arena and we got nothing really to put in and it's not a great show, but we're all, we're all, we're, we're just going to wait. We're just going to hold tight, you know, and it's paid off for him. Now, that doesn't always happen, and it's been kind of a best-case scenario this season. I don't know if they'll be able to get back to the finals next year with the way that the West is going to be revamped and the amount of injuries and the way things fall in their favor. Like You can never guarantee anything, and that's why I hope that they can get it done this year because it's their potentially best last chance. But to be able to walk through you know, hell and fire and, and come back from that, I, it's just... It, it it's mind blowing, Whitey. Like I, I, I thought that they were kind of done after nineteen, and that would have been okay for me. Like I, I've I've never seen as beautiful a brand of basketball as the Warriors played from roughly twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen, and I felt appreciative that I got to witness that because that doesn't happen all the time. But to come back from what they have endured to this point is is so impressive. And that's why if they could win again, I know we've been talking about it, but it would be the best championship to me. It was a little surprising to me how reflective the Warriors were after they beat Dallas because it's like, okay, you're going to the conference, you're going to the, the championship, but you haven't won anything. You've won the conference, and this team's about winning championships. But Steph uh, put it into perspective. Steph said, and I think this was on national TV in the, the celebration and the trophy presentations, he said, this isn't our ultimate goal 
well, we're going to celebrate this given everything we've been through uh, over the last two years. It's like, yes, yes. Phil Mo Mike on the text line says, uh, don't forget about Omari Spellman. Yeah, I'm at opening night 2019. Brand new arena. Here we go. And I, 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 it was that night or maybe it was a few nights before in the preseason. Uh, I asked Steve Kerr at his you know media availability about their defense. And remember, they had Willie Cauley-Stein was their center. And I remember asking coach, hey, coach, you know, Willie Colley Stein's hurt. They had a lot of centers that are hurt. How hard is it to get your defense in order when you've got so many of your bigs that are hurt? And he goes, and he wasn't angry at me, but he was very sternly goes, we are not a good defensive team. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then it's almost like the Warriors kind of knew, like, you know, because we were all saying, you know, you get the playoffs and then Clay comes back. And it's like the Warriors, maybe like Kerr and the staff knew, like, what? Who, we're not that good right now. And then opening night, they got destroyed by the Clippers. Destroyed. And then Steph got hurt shortly after that. Anyway, here they are back in the finals. It's amazing. It's been an amazing turnaround. It's it's fantastic. I'm so happy for all the fans, especially the ones that have been around with the Warriors for a very long time. And that, that's something that I've, I've seen a little bit on social media is people have been coming down Warriors Twitter's road because a lot of... Well, you know, social media is relatively new, and basketball Twitter is is growing, but it's still relatively new. But, you know, the Warriors obviously suffered through so many years of just unwatchable basketball, and yet they still packed out Oracle Arena. They still supported their team through thick and thin. Fillmore Mike calling in earlier thinking that Anthony Randolph, because he scored 48 <laughs> points in a G yeah. game, is going to be baby. the next big thing for Golden <laughs> State. Like, that's where they come from. And I know that because of age and because, you know, of greatness, not, a, a lot of that is forgotten. But I, I do want to let people know, and we kind of did this a little bit throughout the week as as a, as a collective at 95.7 The Game, like giving people a chance to express where they came from. I know the Warriors did it, and Steph talked about how much they maybe did or didn't believe in themselves. But for fans to have seen everything, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I know there were some that were arguing as recently as last year that, you know, you got to break up this core because they're just they're past their prime. But um, to the point you just made, when you have players like these three, and they've found the right mix around them, but Clay, Steph, Draymond, when you have guys that are that special and have won championships together, you you can't replace that. You know, the Bulls' last dance, they they were dumb enough to think, Jordan's great and Pippen and Phil Jackson, but you know what? We found, uh, we, we put this team together. We'll just put together another great team. And then, you know, those guys are gone. It's like, no, you won't. Because there aren't other guys like that. I, I don't know if, I mean, I would I would never, it's like people have brought up the, the Bill Walsh quote, you know, you, you want to give up on a player or, or get rid of a player a year before they're done. Well, I think this is maybe an example that you don't want to do that. I think that. in the NBA that maybe that doesn't apply anymore. I understand the logic, and yeah, it's especially true in baseball, but I think in the NBA it's like if you have one of those guys, you got to keep them as long as you can. Yeah, because... What I will admit that I underestimated in this entire you know equation of Golden State is is how much that championship pedigree or experience was worth. Because again, like you can't really quantify it, but when you see it, you know it. And when the what the Warriors have put together after not really playing as a whole this season is to me one of the more miraculous things that I 
just did not see coming. Like, I, I thought they'd be good. I thought that they could get to the Western Conference Finals and, you know, we're going to play who I thought at the time was going to be Phoenix. But did I think that they would be entering the Western Conference Finals, that they would be the title favorites, both betting, analysts, experts, Everyone expects the Warriors at this point to win the championship. I did not think we'd get to this point. Need a ruling, Evan. Freshman's back, and the story is Freshman was on mute last time. Oh, boy. We, so what do you think? We go back to Freshman? We can call him sophomore now. He's back for his second year. Freshman in Pacifica. How is the weather in Pacifica today, Freshman? It's, in, it's incredible, and I got a promotion from you guys. That is awesome. <laughs> Battlefield Commission. I'll take it. <laughs> Hey, I have a theory. My theory is that we needed KD to beat Peak LeBron. In two series against the Cavs without KD, we split them, and in games we went 7-6. and six. In two series with KD, we won them both, and we actually swept one and went 8-1. and one. It, it really would have been fascinating if Clay could have stayed healthy against the Raptors, you know? And mm-hmm. Of course, it didn't happen. It happens to every team, right? But... But I think in those four years, we showed that we needed KD to be decisively ahead of the Cavs. We were 50-50 before. And now that LeBron's on the decline, and our core three's getting older too, uh, we're showing in a more normal NBA, because LeBron's so unusual, uh, we can we can at least get one step from doing it and hopefully go all the way. What do you guys think? Yeah, thank you, freshman. Glad we got you uh, on the air. And that's the other thing about 2019. Make no mistake, when KD left, even though I think the Warriors had a pretty good idea he was probably going to leave, they hoped he didn't. When he left, Evan, he left a crater. I mean, Kevin freaking Durant was so huge to the to what the Warriors had become. And, you know, back-to-back champions, and then the 2019 things obviously didn't go the way they wanted, but they came close. He's so phenomenal. When he left, it was like a smoking crater, and it's taken them a while to dig out from, you know, under that rubble. Now, I do want to give Kevin Durant some credit here, and I know people don't want to do that often, but he allowed himself to be traded to Brooklyn, right? Yeah. That brought in D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Who then turned into the key to all of this, according to Steve Kerr, who is Andrew Wiggins. If KD had true spite, if he truly did not like Golden State, his team, being a part of the organization, he could have spurned them on the way out and said, you know, I'm not I'm not giving in to helping you guys. And so I do want to give him a little bit of credit there because what you know he was as a, a quote-unquote asset, I hate to call players assets, but what he was as an asset turned into potentially the most valuable asset. Players are either assets or they're asses. <laughs> KD has spent time as both. But... He turned into Andrew Wiggins one way or another, and that has been key to what the Warriors have been able to do this year. So, yes, he did leave a crater, but he kind of helped fill it a little bit on his way out, even if it wasn't intentional. 888-957-9570. Kiko in Brentwood joins us, 95.7 The Game. What's up, Kiko? What's up, guys? Happy Sunday. Yay. Sunday. Uh, Got a prediction for you. Um, Heat will take Game 7. You guys cannot discredit Spolstra. I think Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the league, and he's going to get those guys ready. A lot of people were picking Celtics in six. I, I, I didn't believe it. I knew the Heat was going to pull it out. They're going to pull it out tonight. As far as the finals, Dubs in five. Dubs understand how to protect home court. They've been doing it for a while, and they also understand how to win the road. So they are going to split 
and they're going to close it out in game five. Have a good day, guys. Thank you, Kiko. By the way, 510 points out. KD got more money signing and trading, but yeah, yeah. So it, it cuts both ways, but obviously it was huge to the Warriors that that's the way that went down. I, here's the thing, Kiko. I understand Spolstra is a phenomenal coach. No question. Hall of Fame coach. And the way that Jimmy Butler and the way Kyle Lowry were able to pull themselves together and mount the effort they did in game six, phenomenal. But I physically, I just don't know. I have no doubt that they will be able to find the level of grit and competitiveness that they need tonight. But physically, can they hold up? That is my only real question about the Heat tonight. Eric Spolstra, to me, is the greatest floor raiser of, of any head coach in the NBA, he gets has has shown to get the most out of the least. Like he's taking rosters that a lot of teams would have and win forty five games, forty games maybe. You know he like he took this team to a one seed or helped extract a one seed out of this group and has you know has done that repeatedly. So who would have won if he'd fought Jimmy Butler? By the way. <laughs> Udonis Haslam. That's who would have won because he would have stepped in. Yeah. And if there's one thing UD can still do, it is throw punch. Uh, but, yes, no, I, I, th- I think Spolstra is is a fantastic head coach. He's, he's on the top 15 list along with Steve Kerr. So he, he has gotten his flowers. I don't think anybody's underrating him. And didn't he start as like a video coordinator or something? So. I think he was an intern. I think he might have been a Good video intern. Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously rose through the ranks. Uh, he happens to be... My roommate, who is also Filipino, his favorite person in the NBA, player, coach, really loves Spo. So, and Spo is is renowned; like he's he's respected in, in all walks in, in every NBA locker room. But to your point, the, their team just is not good enough. I think to beat Golden State from one through eight or whatever the rotation. And Kiko is, agrees with that. Kiko yeah. just thinks the Heat win tonight. They do have a head coaching advantage, but then the question is how much of an advantage is that actually? Like Steve Kerr to me is a, a better head coach than a lot of people give him credit for, but he but if you don't have the players, you're, you're a 15 win team two years ago. Like that's just the, the matter of the fact. Spolstra has a group that's been hit by injuries, that's you know been kind of put built back together again. They've you know, got different guys coming in each each year. I mean, they gave a bunch of money to Duncan Robinson after his 2019 run in the postseason, and now he's he's not even playing in games. Like, he's been replaced by this guy, Struess, who I had no clue was on the floor entering the season. Made some big threes in game six. You're he, right. He's a, he's a big player. And, Struess. And the Struess and, uh, you know, Robinson is, you know, they're basically the same player. Regardless, like, Spo is, is a fantastic head coach. I don't think anybody knocks him. Uh, but... He just he just doesn't have the roster. Yeah, he knows his roster very well, obviously. So Steve Kerr knows the Warrior roster so well. That's one of the reasons he's been able to figure out who's going to fit in different situations this year. That's one of the best things about the fact that we may have the Heat and the Warriors in the finals. And even if we don't, the fact that both these teams have gotten this far, I think it sends a really powerful and positive message to the rest of the NBA. You can try to take shortcuts like the Nets have done 
Um, we we got Kyrie. Let's get uh, let's get uh, Kevin Durant. And it doesn't matter who's the coach. Steve uh, Steve Nash wants to coach. Okay, that's fine. You know, and Kyrie saying doesn't really matter who coaches us. And then you get Harden. It doesn't work that way. You can't you can't take those those shortcuts. And then Philly tried the same same thing this year to a degree with Harden and Embiid's like, all right, here we go. It's an unbeatable combination. But there's really no substitute for putting together a team. Um, the way the Warriors and the Heat have, and having a culture that allows you to figure out which players best suit what you're trying to do and how you're trying to win as an organization. Uh, I'm hoping that the trend that we've seen in recent years, and this goes out on you know throughout NBA history, where teams go out, oh, we got to sign this free agent, that free agent, boom, we're going to win. I-, I hope teams take note of the fact that it doesn't work as well as the way the Warriors and the and the Heat are doing it. It's harder to do that way because you got to know what you're doing over an extended period, but that's the best and truest path to being a legitimate championship contender over an extended period. I th- I'm glad you brought that up because I think Boston you could also put in that category as well. They could be on their way there, yeah. They yeah. are very much homegrown, and that was actually kind of the knock on Boston for a long time is that Danny Ainge had all of these assets and all of these, these trade assets and picks, valuable picks, but he wouldn't use them. Like... KD was was rumored to potentially go to Boston when he chose Golden State. Um, they were in the running potentially for Anthony Davis. Like there was a lot of Kawhi Leonard. There was a lot of big names out there that they may or may not have been able to acquire. But Ainge said, "Nope, don't want to do it. We got we got our guys. We got Tatum. We got Brown. Um, Al Horford was a Celtic before leaving and going away. Like, but he was kind of a he was on that that core group when they started to sort of grow this team from the Remember ground they up. They traded down with Philly, and they they knew Tatum. Danny Ainge knew Tatum's the guy he wanted in Philly. Oh, you want Mark L. Foltz? Okay, let's let's swing a deal here. They're quietly, one of the better deals, and you know, it's like. They Grant Williams drafted guy. Um, mm-hmm. Derek White drafted. Pitt Pritchard drafted. Smart drafted. Like the same with the Warriors. I, I know that Wiggins came from Minnesota in, in a trade, but you know, like the homegrown teams have stood out. Even going back to last year, and that was the whole story behind Milwaukee is Giannis was a middle round pick. Yep. Middleton was a second round guy. Like these teams that have been able to dominate at least to me most recently have proven that the free agent grab the the go wherever you want to and team up together to form the super team like that strategy is not as foolproof as we believed it to be and i i just like the way things are getting back to building organically because that to me is the most the purest form of winning, but also I think you get the purest form of basketball when you watch it. I think so too. You could say, hey, look at the Lakers a couple years ago. They got LeBron. They went out. They traded everybody for for uh, Anthony Davis. They did win a championship. That's true they did, but look where they are now, and there were extenuating circumstances, but they won. But just look where they are now, and then last year they tried it too, right? Let's get Westbrook. That's not going to work. And then now they're in a really really bad situation. Although I think Darvin Ham, I think that's a really good hire. We'll see how it works out. But of all the choices available to them, I think they picked the best guy, Darvin Ham. Also, I appreciate the the NBA has been on the forefront of, you know, trying to make itself more reflective of its talent. And with Darvis Ham being hired by the Los Angeles Lakers, that means half of the head coaches in the NBA are African American. So the the league has done a fantastic job of not only speaking about getting guys and, you know, influencing the league with with different types of backgrounds and ethnicities and all different kinds of of people 
you know, and, and Darvis Ham is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. So they put their money where their mouth is. If the Warriors play the Heat, I think, Evan, you and I agree, the Warriors win that series, and it's probably not a long series. Maybe we're wrong. That's We agree on that. What is your level of confidence that the Warriors would beat Boston? How many games do you think it would take to do that? And I know we're not even there yet, so you don't have to make an official prediction, but what's your sense? Our sense is Miami, where it's got that. What if it is Boston? Well, we were kind of talking about this. Like, my confidence level in Boston was really impacted by game six. Yeah. Entering that game, I thought that they would lock it up, that they would head to the finals with a little bit of rest. And not to say that I would take them over Golden State because the Warriors have completely flipped my mind over this playoff run, but I wouldn't be surprised if that would be a seven-game series. Now I'm thinking, I mean, Boston might be able to push it to seven, but they're going to need some help. Like They're going to need the Warriors to almost beat themselves in a couple of games. I think that the Boston series, to me, there will be, if, if it goes six, there's going to be four games in that series that are decided by single digits. I don't think that's the case if they play Miami. Like It's going to be a lot more lopsided the way we've kind of seen these playoffs unfold. Coming up, Steph Curry and the whole legacy thing and the NBA player who owes Evan Giddings money. <laughs> huh. That is next right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Taking you up to the top of the hour here, Whitey Gleason and Evan Giddings, and then our good friends Jim Cozumore, Kyle Madsen, uh, will be taking over. Kyle Madsen, who, you know, we got some pretty good baseball players here among the the people on the, on the air. Kyle Madsen uh, used to be a travel ball catcher. Uh, just ask him. Well, you don't even have to ask him because he'll, he'll tell you. Uh, and then I know Alan Stiles was a you know, college baseball player, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. And you played college baseball? I don't want to throw myself in, in that group. I know Kyle's a hell of a framer from what I've heard as a catcher <laughs> back there. And Alan, 
I think he was saying he played center field at Temple. So, you know, he's got Ooh. four years of Division One. Granted, yeah, East, East Coast, a little bit yeah. different than out here. Right. But, uh, you know. You're saying he couldn't cut it out here? Well, he went to he went to Dale South. <laughs> so he was he was pretty good. Yeah. I'm just joshing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I understand here. Speaking of baseball, we had this interesting situation with the Giants and Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham, and they got into a dispute uh, involving fantasy football, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of money involved. And then also, Jock Peterson had had uh, what posted some some gifs or something that I guess were insulting to the Padres, and Tommy Pham was upset about that, so he slapped Jock Peterson Friday. But the reason I bring this up here, and he's been suspended for three games, the reason I bring this up is because Evan, we were talking about it, and Evan says, oh, yeah, uh, you know, it's fantasy football stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, you get money involved, and you get some uh, some very delicate situations, and it turns out as a result of some fantasy football football dispute there's an nba player who owes you money now why do you know me you know that i would never choose violence i would never be moved to a tommy fam like response for a a game of fantasy but if there was one man on planet earth that could push me down that road of aggression to give into it it would be planet pat connaughton Pat pat connaughton owes me money by the way, I've never seen Pat Connaughton and Jamie from the Progressive commercials in the same <laughs> spot at the same time. But be that as it may. I separated at birth. <laughs> Pat Connaughton, I was in a, a fantasy football league of his, have been going back for a couple of years now. Um, long story short, got into the league. You know, it's a, it's a fair amount of buy-in. There's other athletes in the league, this, that, and the other. So it's How you know, much it's, scratch? Can you give us any idea? Uh, about 150, but I, w- I was in with, with a buddy of mine, so we, we split it. Regardless, the, the payout, there's you know 12 teams, it's, it's a good payout. So we get down to the finals, and but Pat's not in it. His team's out because, you know, he's, his team's not good. And so <laughs> we get to the finals, and... We we come in second, so runner up, you know, yeah. usually gets I don't know nice. thirty percent of the pot, forty percent of the pot, whatever it is. Trophy, um, because everyone's on different parts of the country, we don't we don't okay. really have that. All right, but we 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 could put something again like that potentially in the future. Anyways, I have never received my runner up money. Neither has my my partner in crime, my co GM. Yeah, and so this has kind of been a, a bit of a running gag with because with of our Pat other Connaughton, he hasn't paid his dues. <laughs> Pat Connaughton owes me money, and the man has refused to pay for the last three years. I mean, I don't have his number, but I've been trying to go through my friend who knows him. And so every time, every time Pat Connaughton takes the floor for the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't hope he misses every shot, but when he bricks a few, I'm not mad about it because he's bricking me. He owes me money, Whitey. Pat Connaughton signed a three-year contract with the Bucks, mm-hmm. including yep. sixteen million <laughs> guaranteed, an average annual salary of five point three million in twenty twenty two twenty three. Connaughton will earn a base salary of five point seven million dollars. I'm can't... not enforcing the league policy. I'm not fining him twenty five thousand dollars. It's not even a tax write off at this point for this man. And yet he it's probably it's off his radar. He's done with it. It's three years old. But I will hold 16 that. Sixteen million guaranteed. I will hold that until the end of time. I'm with you. He's got to pony up the dough. You'd like to think so. 
And uh, if I ever run into him, I, I don't know if I'd have the, the courage to say it to his face. Let's be honest <laughs> about this. But but you have no way of reaching him directly? Well, we, we kind of go through middlemen. Like, he's friends with one of my friends, and that's how I got into the football league originally. And I'm sure that's how Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson kind of connected. Like, they, they clearly don't seem like they're friends. <laughs> there was a middleman that got them into the yeah. same league, into yeah. the same group chat. And Jock Peterson's form of uh, humor when it comes to GIFs is not quite Tommy Pham's taste. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping it was, I'm hoping it wasn't a backhand. Like, that to me is, is very disrespectful. So hopefully, at least if he did hit him, it was, it was open palm and it cost him three games. They can flush it and be gone. Yeah, I'm. I'm not entirely clear on what the real issue was. Was it the fantasy football or was it uh, the insulting Jeff? I, well, either I, way, I clear. hope that Tommy Pham doesn't become the Will Smith of fantasy football owners because it is not okay to strike people it's in not. public, and yet it's it has not. happened a lot recently. So, no, to all fantasy footballers out there, I will not be slapping Pat Connaughton, and I do not encourage you to slap anyone who owes you money for fantasy sports. you got to sue him. Slap him not with physically, but with a lawsuit. Get a good lawyer. Do, do people still send checks? I'll, 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 $16 million and he can't give you, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe $300? We could Venmo, Cash App, yeah. Zelle. We're, we could work something out. He's probably going to be like, dude, I had no idea. Yeah, no problem. Here. Actually, I did meet him one time. He's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel bad about it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that should be something that's easily remedied. 888-957-9570. Dre in Lamore joins us on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Dre? Hey, how you guys doing? I hope you're having a great Sunday. I just turned on my app about five minutes ago, went to the car wash. Uh, uh, Whitey, I talked to you and mm-hmm. GD yesterday, yep. and um, a couple calls later, Robin came on, and she said she's confused, but you sound like uh, Coase. Right. And mm-hmm. I started laughing because I thought the same thing. The first time I ever heard you, I was like, is that Coase? Sounds, sounds dead on Coase, but okay. I think it is. Yeah, that's a compliment. Thank you. Coase doesn't have four names. Oh, you're welcome, man. Yeah. Coase is great. Anyways, uh, who you guys really think is going to win today? I, I just turned the app on my phone. I, I live here in Central California, so I don't get it on the radio. I'm thinking, Boston, I thought Boston was going to blow them out Friday night, but I was wrong. So I'm going for Miami. I want the path of least resistance. Mm. Do you guys uh, see a close game? You see a blowout? You see Boston winning? Uh, Thanks for the call. Yeah, Dre, thank you. Thanks for the kind words. And by the way, Coe's coming on with with Kyle Madsen, our good friend, uh, top of the hour here. And one of the reasons Robin gets confused about whether it's me or Coe's is one time she called in and was talking to me and she wasn't sure if, is it why do you Coe's? And I just told her, yeah, it's Coe's. And so, and it was me. And I, <laughs> yeah. For, further complicated things. I, I'm going to stick with it. I, I said Boston before the series started, uh, no disrespect intended. I think Boston wins today. And I think Miami just physically is not up to the task after what they did in game six. I got to be totally wrong, of course, but I think Boston Boston wins on the road, Game 7. Well, we're on the same page. We both like Boston. I think they're going to win. But So maybe the better question is, if the game is tight, if it comes down to like a situation in Game 6, I believe it was tied 240 left in the game, 99-99. 218 left, I think. 218. My apologies. No, no, no. My fault, my fault. Yeah. So if that is the case, which team do you think 
you have more confidence in to pull it out. After what you saw in Game 6, if you had to choose either side to close, I don't know if it's a Butler versus Tatum conversation, but I almost feel like if it's a close game, I kind of lean Miami. But I think Boston should win the game. Yeah, if it is close, um, Boston's probably in big trouble. (laughs) You know, down the stretch based on what we saw. By the way, I I heard a number today on on, uh, NBA radio, if I have this right. 144 game sevens, home team has won 108 of them, like 77%, which is, you know, that's, pretty good. That's decent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do math off the top of my head. Why do you know this about me? But I would, I'd reckon those were decent odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I could be, and I also, I just want to stick with the pick I made. I don't, don't, don't want to be one of those guys that says, I know I picked Boston, but now I think my aim's going to win. No, I picked the, I picked the Celtics. I got to stick with it. And I still think they're a better team. Yeah, I I, I think that, they're more talented team. I thought whoever won the the series between Boston and Milwaukee was gonna. I thought they were gonna roll through Miami. That hasn't been the case, but so I gotta gotta stick with my guts. Like that was that was my pick. I've liked Boston all year. Um, I also I I don't know about you, but because the Warriors to me, I, I've sort of seen them as maybe not the standard, but you know a a, a good team to figure out how good other teams are when they play the barometer team. Exactly. Boston to me has looked arguably the best of any team against the Warriors in the league. And so, you know, just by the transit of property, the Warriors are in the finals. They're waiting to see who's coming out of the East. I think Boston has given them the best run in the regular season. uh, In the few times that they've had to play. I know Steph got hurt in, in the game earlier in, in this year, but I think Boston's the best club one through eight. They got, they got so many more ways to beat Miami than Miami does to beat them. And that's the real reason why I think the Celtics are heading to the finals. At the risk of putting too fine a point on it, I don't think I am. We've talked a lot about culture, and I think this is a real real important point. I think uh, this is going to go a long ways tonight towards determining whether Boston, their culture is going to work or not. I mean, you win a game seven after blowing game six, and it just reinforces, all right, see, everything we do, everything we're about, it works, guys. We're in the finals. And if they come up short, then all of a sudden, you, you know, internally you start to question everything that you've been about to this point. So this is a crucial moment uh, in the development of that team chemistry for, for this, and not just team chemistry, the team organizational culture for the, for the Celtics. It would be, and I think it would also be big for Miami because a lot of people look at them as the overachievers. And so not to say that if they got to the finals, it's like them winning the championship, but that's kind of how people felt in the bubble season with them getting past every team that they did. I think they went through uh, Milwaukee. You know, they went through Boston, the conference finals. They pushed the Lakers to a game six. That's, that is what I don't want these finals to be, a situation where if the team that isn't favored, in this case it would be Miami, if they pushed the Warriors to six, we would look at that as a success for Miami. Like To me, that, that's not interesting. I, I don't really like to look back and say, oh, well, you know, Jimmy Butler got the game six in the NBA finals. Like That's why he's so great. I don't think that the championship should be about those stories. It should be about legacies, and I think Boston has more to prove. And I think that's why hopefully they can overcome the quote-unquote culture of Miami tonight to prove to themselves that they belong in the finals in a place where you and I put them at the beginning of this postseason. When you look at all of the TV commercials with NBA players, you got Steph for Subway, you got Boban, uh, here's your mustard, I mean, uh, Chris Paul. Where uh, do you rank 
Jimmy Butler and uh, I think it's Michelob Light. He's doing a I love Hootie, him. Hootie and the Blowfish. I, I love him. Well, so that's the thing is he is a big country music fan. Jimmy, oh really? Jimmy Butler that's legit. Loves, that that is legit. That's okay. not a bit. Jimmy Butler right. loves country music. I want to be with you. And and yeah. he I think he had commercials similar to that uh, during their their finals run in the bubble. Like that's really where he got big and started getting those those Michelob mm-hmm. commercials. But no, the guy wears cowboy boots. I don't know if he wears bolo ties, but like he is kind of a you know a modern day NBA cowboy. Huh. Like that's who Jimmy Butler is. So yeah. I think the commercial is spot on. It's genuine. And it makes me like him more. Yeah, I love Boban. If they ever redo Princess Bride, he's got to be Fezzik. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great yeah. call. He's got to be. Uh, uh, anyone need anything else? Because I could reach it. Yeah, he's pretty uh, good in John Wick Three, by the way. Unfortunately, he, I he haven't seen that, but uh, but I've heard about that. Now, speaking of championships, as we have been all day, and we will be all day long here on ninety-five-seven, the game on this Memorial Day weekend. And by the way. Uh, Warriors back in the NBA Finals. To celebrate that and honor Memorial Day, we're giving away prizes every single hour on Monday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 95-7 the games, Memorial Day blowout all day Monday. J.D. and I will be with you from 3 to 6 tomorrow. But, Evan, I know you wanted to salute um, a local high school baseball team on on some achievement. I did, and if I I could, I'll, I'll start first. Uh, a teammate of mine from college from Willamette University, his name is Jackson Watt. He's the head coach of Whitney High School up in Rockland, California. They won their North Coast section title earlier this week. And for a you know relatively new high school, relatively new head coach, I know that was huge for him. And so I definitely want to congratulate him as well as his players for accomplishing all they did this season. As well as my alma mater, St. Hey. Mary's College High School hey. won the Division Four NCS title Ooh. yesterday in one to nothing fashion over St. Wow. Joe's. We beat the Fighting Jason kids. Noah, pardon me, I want to get this right. Noah Zirkel threw a no hitter in the championship game of the NCS Was final. Was that at Evan Giddings Field? Is that where they play? The I don't game? know if that's what they're calling it nowadays. I petition, but I haven't got it through yet. It was at St. Mary's College High School. They won one to nothing yesterday, and a teammate of mine from high school was on the staff. So. Tremendous. Big congrats to them. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. Uh, you know, it, I couldn't get it done, Whitey. Not going to lie here. The couple of years that I was, you know, el- eligible to play varsity, we got to the finals a couple times. We got to the semifinals. That's because you were a me, me, me guy. Yeah. There's, there's, you just wanted your scholarship you know, to hell with the rest of you. There's two eyes in Giddings, so yeah. I'm more of a I'm more of an eye guy. But yeah, we, we couldn't get it done. So it's great to see them accomplish that. And, and both Whitney as well as St. Mary's, it was it was really awesome to see high school baseball back on the map yesterday. That's great. Well, you have you know we we tease, but you have a you have a bit of a legacy having played college baseball. What does this uh, what do these NBA finals mean to Steph Curry and his legacy? Hopefully, we can wait uh, until we actually have the games played before you know the national media sinks uh, all choppers into this this question. But w- what does this mean to Steph Curry and his, and his legacy? How important is it, for example, for him to win the finals MVP award? To me, he is already in the conversation of the best ever. And you could, you might even be able to make the argument that he has changed the game, the actual game of basketball more than anyone else ever. But it's to me, again, we we've kind of tiptoed around at the whole show. It's about the naysayers. It's about, if he wins this title, there is so little ammunition that you can use against him. Especially, I don't think he necessarily needs the finals MVP, but I'm sure that would mean a lot to him considering the way he hasn't won one to this point in the first three titles. 
I think that right now Stephen Curry is considered a you know, top 12, top 15, like fringe top 10 player. If he wins his fourth NBA title and wins finals MVP, I think it would be very difficult to argue against putting him in the top 10 as we're talking about legacies mm-hmm. all time. I know people have their different lists, but he's already been sort of on the fringe of that. And if he wins the title, some might even be able to consider him without a doubt the greatest point guard to ever play the game. I think you make great points. I do think that the whole debate about Steph and where he ranks uh, compared to other players, top 10, top 15, I think a lot of that is just noise because the way Steph Curry plays and the way the Warriors go about their business, they're not as concerned with any of that. It kind of runs counter to the narrative of you got to have your superstar. He's got to lead you. Steph's all about winning. You're absolutely right. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. We mentioned this earlier. Maybe somewhere down the road, someone eclipses that. It's hard to imagine. Could happen. But his legacy now, no matter what happens in these finals, greatest shooter of all time, a two-time back-to-back MVP, and the best player on one of the best teams of all time. That's enough. And I can understand if you're Steph or if you're a Warrior fan, how aggravating it would be for the naysayers to nitpick on, yeah, but he's not this guy. And yeah, he didn't do that. And yeah, he didn't win the Funnels MVP. But you know what? I really do believe, Evan, when you look at what the Warriors are about and the things that Steph is committed to as a player and the things the organization is committed to, a lot of that talk about what he hasn't done and how he doesn't compare to this guy or that guy, it's just noise. It, it's irrelevant. So you think that... His legacy is already cemented at this point. Like wh- how you remember him is going to be the same if he wins it, if they lose. Uh, you know, I, again, we're assuming Boston's there. If they lose to Miami, to me, that would be a huge disappointment. So that might mar some things. But like Steph to you is what Steph is going to be forever right now. I could see, let's say he averages 40 a game in this series and they win in four. Then obviously, uh, overall. You know, that's going to impact his legacy and he'll be seen as a better player. But I do think, ultimately, I think we know what he is, what he's about, best player on a team that has won, you know, three titles and maybe counting. So as far as, well, how high does he rank in terms of greatest players of all time? I just don't think it matters that much. Maybe it matters to him some, but I hope it doesn't. It could be a generational thing. You know, I think a lot of people around my age have sort of attach themselves as fans more to individuals than to teams. Well, you're right. Yeah, and that's the way the NBA has been marketed for many, many years. But hopefully, as we were discussing, this could be sort of the the beginning of, you know, with with all the teams that are left right now, they've all been relatively homegrown. They've all been, um, you know, put together through culture, through chemistry, through cohesion. Like, they are all, they, they all move away from the get an island of best players and run it back. Like, they've moved away from that. So maybe, hopefully, the conversation around Steph Curry could, too. From the 510, Wilt probably changed the actual rule books more than anyone ever, but Steph changed the coaching and playing strategy. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Steph was at the forefront of the movement that changed the way basketball is played. 888-957-9570. Sid in Palo Alto, 95.7 The Game. Hello, Sid. Hey, guys. Uh Interesting conversation. Uh, wanted to chime in a little bit. So obviously, Steph is amazing. Offensively, he's changed the game. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. I'm not a Warriors fan, per se, but I'm rooting for them. Uh, I love the guy. He's, he's a better guy off the court than he is on the court. Um, but talking about the conversation of greatest of all time, 
Um, and again, I'm not a Steph hater by any means. I'm really just want to see your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, the fact that he's not elite defensively, does that uh, concern you or perhaps kind of disqualify him from being in that conversation in any way? It's an honest question. I'm not, I'm not trying to Yeah, all good. All good. Thanks, yeah, thank you, Sid. It's a great point. And okay, I th- if we're going to compare him to the, some of the players like Jordan, I, it's a great point. And everyone with the Warriors will tell you he's much better than he was. But clearly, let's talk about Michael Jordan. There's no way he's anywhere near as good as Michael Jordan or Kobe defensively. Yeah, no I, way. I don't, I don't Not need. Even I, close. Don't, I don't need to. I don't know. Be sixty year old, sixty years old to understand that. But I think the the question about the greatest ever's. Um, Hello. <laughs> sorry about that. No but, problem. But regardless, like yeah, if it's an important call, Evan, go ahead and take it. Larry Bird's in the top ten. I don't think people looked at him like a a bulwark. Uh, Magic Johnson, who I who I talked about, maybe being the guy that Steph could overcome as the greatest point guard ever. I don't think people talk about him as hanging his hat on his defense. So yes, when it comes to the greatest ever, I don't know if Steph Curry will ever be that. The question larger to me is, could he be the most influential player? on the game of basketball. And there's a conversation there. Yeah, Sid made a great point, and I, I think this is my ultimately the point I'm making. If you're talking about Steph maybe being one of the top 10 players of all time, and if you're going to you know nitpick, well, he doesn't do this or that, does it matter? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about Steph Curry being one of the top 10 players of all time. That's pretty awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. So and, and I'm sure he'd say the yeah, same thing. Yeah, but there's been this narrative that, yeah, but he's not this. Yeah, but he's not that. Yeah, right? I mean, and there still will be that. If he's legitimately uh, in the conversation as a top 10 of all time, then to me, the nitpicking is like, you're wrong. Okay, that doesn't mean he's the greatest player of all time, but if he's legitimately widely seen as one of the top 10 or 15 of all time, then the people that have been Steph naysayers, they're just wrong. He's not perfect, not the greatest ever, but come on. You're just looking for flaws if you're going to say, yeah, he's top 15, but he's not this or that. And that's the word right there. Why do people nitpick? Because there's no glaring flaw. There is nothing that you can look at from a large point of view and say, that's where he's bad. There's mm-hmm. nothing bad about him. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing has been, well, but Jordan and Kobe, they could put the team on their shoulders, and he was never even a Finals MVP. I do think that was one of the encouraging things uh, about the last series. I think Steph, at times, he was more Steph-like than we've seen him in a while, and there were times where I thought he carried them. And I know Wiggins was the MVP. Eh, maybe. Kevon Looney, he was great. But to me, Steph Curry was the MVP of that series. Evan, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun being with you today. Absolutely appreciate it, Wyatt. Yeah, Thanks, man. Great guy. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Whatever you do, don't go away because our good friends Jim Cozumore, Kyle Madsen are next right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.